This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. You might assume we're both good at presenting to a live audience because of this podcast. But at the end of the day, when we record, it really feels like we're just talking to one another. Presenting information in person in a formal setting to a large audience is something that still makes us really nervous. To prepare for a live speaking event we're hosting together, we turn to our masterclass subscription to not only refine our presentation skills, but to build our confidence in a different kind of public speaking capacity. Between Robin Roberts, Hillary Clinton, and Kevin Hart's expertise, our confidence skyrocketed. This year, learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Don't just talk about improving. Masterclass helps you actually do it. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master negotiate with Chris Voss, think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or plan your dream wedding with celebrity event planner Mindy Wise, Masterclass has you covered. There are over 200 classes to pick from with new classes added every month, like our latest aha moments from Robin Roberts' effective and authentic communication class that we watched before our event presentation. She taught us how to establish a genuine connection with the audience from the start. I'll always be a little nervous before presenting, but Masterclass prepared us in a way that dialed my nerves down and gave me tools to ground myself. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. And right now, our listeners get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Get 50% off right now at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. I'm Emily Beerley. And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're licensed marriage and family therapists and owners of the therapy group. We're on a mission to make therapy and therapeutic topics more relatable and accessible. So stay tuned because in order to grow yourself, you gotta know yourself. Hey, Jen. Hey, Em. How are you today? I'm doing good. You know, since the last time we talked, I'm doing good. In, in <laughs> one hour ago? Then I had to then hop off to do an hour of supervision to come yes. back here to record another episode. Hi, how are you? It's great to see you. We love just recording in between things. It's amazing. Yeah, you can really fit it in wherever. But, oh, I tried to get a good tie in, but I couldn't. But today's episode is bad. Oh, do it, do it. Well, I just think this ties into everything in, in just life. You know, because the only thing constant is change. Is change. Wow. wow. And today's episode is about fear of change. Fear of change, which, you know, have you ever experienced fear of change, Em? You know what? I, okay, so I'm going to be totally honest. Yeah. I, I'm someone who like craves disruption. Like, as someone who, like I like go through things where like I want to blow up my whole life. Yeah. Right. So like there are times that I feel very pulled towards change and disruption. And there are other parts where I feel like if I have to change for one ounce, I will die. Oh, interesting. Goes yes. from one to the other. Yes. How about you? I'm a spectrum galley. Where do you think I land in that spectrum? No change ever. No, thank you. One time I told you to switch different roads to drive to the Westchester office and it was I like said, a six month debate. I said, what? <laughs> But you know what? You were right. I had a big fear. You know what I think it is? Like you become 
comfortable in what you're doing. You know, like the comfort of it is soothing and to switch that up, uh, you know, can trigger some anxiety. I think that there's like a biological component to this too, right? Like from an evolutionary perspective, if we know what's in our environment, we are more likely to be able to protect ourselves from a level of threat, Mm. right? And so to change that, it's like the fear of the unknown. If I don't know what my environment's like, how am I supposed to protect myself? How am I supposed to hide in that like bush that has kept me protected my whole life? You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that there's a biological component to that and that it's, it's, it induces this anxiety and anxiety is meant to protect us and uh, care for us at, at times in which our lives are threatened. But fact of the matter is, you know, change doesn't pose the amount of threats that our anxiety is telling us it's mm. posing. Okay, so somebody wrote in, change equals a loss of control. How do I deal? Mm. So you're saying, okay, so there could be a biological perspective. There's, you know, the very reasonable, obvious ones of like, oh, fuck, this is scary. I don't know what it's going to look like. Mm-hmm. So how do we truly deal with this? Well, you know, it's interesting. My question would be, and and maybe, you know, just because this is so nebulous, change equals loss of control but how much control do you feel like you have currently without the change Ooh, like where's that control coming from currently there's the meme that it's like two people on a bus and one is sitting on the one side staring at the mountain and the other is sitting at like on the window side staring at like the vast beauty do you know what i'm talking about no clue but okay keep going (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> never saw that before keep, keep on going i'll send it to you afterwards <laughs> please but do. there's like a part where it's like okay like i have no control oh i have no control <laughs> right like it's like it's like kind of matters about like how i'm gonna approach this because like we have no motherfucking control in general yeah in general so what do you want to do with it right so i guess we're talking about like how to deal it's really like how do i adapt right how do i adapt to this especially i think it's going to be especially hard for those who need control over their environment to feel safe. Yeah. Right. And so when you're changing that up and I guess like change can happen in so many ways, right? Like you could be getting a new job, you could be moving, you could be, I don't know, getting a new puppy. They could be, I don't know. There's so many, so many things you could have lost someone in your life. You could well, no, to say this thing, right? You also said positives, right? Like, so if I need time to adapt to sometimes negative or difficult change, I also need time to adapt to positive, wonderful and exciting change, right? We keep thinking like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. I can handle it. Either I've done it before or I know someone who's done it or it won't be that bad. But the reality is that the change and transition can be incredibly difficult no matter what the context is around it. And so do I honor time and space to handle that? And I think that, you know, we've talked about this before, but I think it's an important thing to reiterate is that we often think the fear of change or the fear of anything must mean that it's wrong, right? Like Mm -hmm. that we look at almost our anxiety or our fear as 
uh, this is a signal that I shouldn't be doing this, or this is a signal that something's definitely going to go wrong, as opposed to like, no, that's a natural reaction to change, right? There's something that's natural about that. And just because you're feeling fear, just because you're feeling anxiety doesn't mean it's the wrong decision or it's something or that that's going to happen or that's something, you know, so I think that that's always something to consider too. You know, people say, feel the fear and do it anyway. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. That your fear does not, is not a signifier that you shouldn't necessarily be doing something. Yeah. Okay. So somebody said, how do you get over the fear of change? And is it only about having control? (laughs) I think it's, I don't think it's just about, you know, having control. I think it's also just like, fear right like fear of like what's this gonna look like next what if this doesn't work what if i have to go back what if i have to admit it's in habit you know what i mean like all these different stuff so like how you don't get over the fear yeah <laughs> you, and you then, don't and you, you just you, don't you just do it anyway there's such a comfort in what you know right like i can attest to this you know i like to feel very comfy in what i know And so to change that, I mean, and I know we've talked about this before, I specifically take some time to warm up to change. Emily is like ready for it. She's ready to go, wants to blow it up. She's in it. But then I fall apart like a month later. Right. Right. Like I'm like, oh, no, no, this is great. It's great. And then like I, because I don't give myself time to process, there's typically a come down afterwards. Yeah, that is so true. And I process a ton beforehand. You do. So I am real steady in it. I know that it's going to be challenging, but I'm like, I'm, I've already processed it by the time. So I think that's something to think about is like, what's your process with change, right? Mm-hmm. Is that working for you? Em, do you feel like our processes are working for us? I um, do, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think we balance because we, we balance, balance each, each other, other out so yes. well. Yeah. Okay. But like, here's an example. We got that. Pu- we got dolly our new cutie cutie puppy and i was just like so excited beforehand right so i kept saying to you i was like oh i think that it's gonna be i'm gonna get depressed and anxious that's what happened we got our first dog which i have not felt any of but i have felt a um urgency of like can we get over this phase like i don't like love the puppy phase i know they're so cute i get it she's a roly-poly super fluffy you know like whenever like huge dogs or puppies are so cute right yes but like i don't like the little biting and the teething and the you know the our poor older dog is like get this girl out of here yeah it's hard puppy face is so hard so we're different where you're like i try to sprint through to avoid and you're like i'm gonna sit in this and kind of bask in it right so i just think that we're such opposites yes like i felt the depression when I first got Louie, like I really felt it. And well, then I felt it with Murphy. Yeah. But not this time. I'm yeah. more like grow up. <laughs> Oof. You're like, let's let's go. <laughs> Time's a tick in here. Time, let's go, baby. Let's get a little Time bigger. Is a little bit, a yeah. yeah, that makes sense. So I think that's something to ask yourself is like, what's what is your process with change? Okay, so what's the most difficult change you've had in your life? Like what's if you think about like your life stage transitions, what's been your roughest one? Maybe like coming out of the womb and like being a human. <laughs> I think that was really tough for me. Yeah, well, you definitely like, didn't consent to that one. Just be, yeah, that wasn't my choice, just becoming a human in general. You know, I think that was a really hard transition. It was real comfy in that womb. Uh, <laughs> you know? But let me think. I think that I think moving to New York from mm. out of college was really fucking hard for me. I think that was really, really hard. I just hated New York. 
I think going, I think, I think anytime I had to make big, like life stage transitions was really hard. But, but I guess the one thing that I now am able to fall back on or like rely on that I wasn't in the past is when you look at your life and the amount of transitions that you have gone through and the amount of changes that you've gone through, you can look at your process and say, okay, you know, I was really fearful of this and look how I got through this, right? Like it was temporary. I eventually adjusted, right? Mm -hmm. I eventually got through this. And the more you do that, you do that over and over and over and over again. If you look at your life cycle, you have made changes so many times. If you haven't, you are still just a baby and somehow you have made no changes in your life. You just haven't a little changed baby. at all. You are still Benjamin Button. <laughs> Actually, he just, does he age backwards? What happens there? Yeah. What's good? What, yeah. What I don't know. But uh, I, don't, I don't know. But did I ever remember that time I was teaching a sex ed class and we were talking about like, what are myths you've heard about the body? And this little girl was like, have you heard about Benjamin Button syndrome? And I was like, that's a movie. That's not real. Yeah. She's like, that's real. That happened to my mom's friend. And I was like, is your mom's friend Brad Pitt in the movie Benjamin Button? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Is her mom friends with Brad Pitt? <laughs> Maybe. I, w- I mean, I would have. Did you get that little girl's number? We, were, we need to talk to her. I thought we were just like, you know, period myths. And she was like, we're going to talk right. about Benjamin Button syndrome. I don't know That's if it's real. Fair. Should we Google it now? We, are Maybe we printing misinformation? Like, printing. That's possible. Printing. Recording? We're pr- printing. <laughs> All right. We're, you know, we're getting off topic. We're the other way here. Usual. Okay. <laughs> Anyone else feeling like the mental load of making dinner, the planning, the shopping, the prep, figuring out the timing? <laughs> it's a little heavy to carry, huh? Same. That's why I am so grateful for Hungry Root. The food quality, simple recipes, true tastiness, and delivery right to my door is truly a game changer. When getting started, you take a fun, short quiz and Hungry Root will get to know you, what you like to eat, and more. Then they'll build you a personalized cart with all your grocery needs for the week and give you delicious recipe recommendations to put those groceries to use. So you can sit back, relax, and offload the many steps of meal planning. Each order is fully customizable so you can take their suggestions or choose anything you want. They've got fresh produce, high-quality meat and seafood, healthy snacks, smoothies, sweets, ready meals, kids' snacks and meals, vitamins, supplements, much more. My favorite item from my latest box was the honey citrus chopped salad, lemon pepper chicken, and the four cheese tortellini. You gotta try it for yourself. Everything from Hungry Root follows a simple standard. It's gotta taste good, be quick to make, and contain whole trusted ingredients. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Shrink Chicks listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash ShrinkChicks to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash ShrinkChicks. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. A really fun fact about me that you might not know is that if I let my hair dry natural, it is a frizzball mess, which is one of the many reasons I absolutely love pros. I truly never thought that I would be able to embrace my natural hair texture. Ever since I switched to a custom hair routine with pros, I've noticed so many benefits. Less frizzy hair, yes, but beyond that too. My hair is shinier, healthier, and so much more manageable. Filming the podcast every week makes checking out my hair unavoidable, and I have felt so much more confident on camera thanks to pros. 
Prose is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do. The custom shampoo and conditioner combo, plus the hydrating leave-in conditioner and hair oil, keeps the frizz at bay. It also makes for the smoothest blowout. People keep asking me if I got my hair cut or went to the salon, which is, of course, the highest compliment. Pros isn't just better for you, it's better for the planet. They're certified B Corp cruelty-free and the first and only carbon-neutral custom beauty brand. They even have a review and refine tool which learns from my feedback and adjusts my formula to keep up with the seasons and changes in my life. I used this feature when I moved to my temporary house in New Jersey, back to my house house post-construction project in Pennsylvania. Environmental factors like water source is something that Pros takes into consideration with their customization. So it was very cool that I had the ability to update my location. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin, and they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. So you get a free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash shrinkchicks. Okay, wait, here's one that I really like, though, because it sort of blends into it. Somebody wrote in, unsure if I don't want kids because I'm scared of changing a good thing. I think that's a big one, right? What if shit is working the way it's working well? What do I do with that? What if something changes then and we fuck it all up? That's kind of how I felt. I guess we got getting this puppy, too. Murphy is like, I think we ruined his life. Yeah. <laughs> and poor Murphy had no control over the situation. No, but I mean, no, I, can, I can remember thinking that like after I had my daughter, I was like, what did I do? Why did I want this so much? And now I'm like, oh, my God, every day is the best day of my life with her. Yeah. But especially at the beginning when you're first transitioning and setting into that change. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with having thoughts like, did I just screw this some shit up here? Yeah. And that's OK. You know, I think that that's also I think that. Unless you're in a position where things are so horrible and you need some that that you're going to have thoughts like that, right? Like I miss parts of my life that were there before, but I'm also embracing and um, allowing change to come and seeing the like wonderful new things that are happening, right? Mm. So I think that unless things are like so terrible and you're doing the change because you're in such a terrible position, right? Or such a, that you're going to have thoughts like that. I think yeah. that that's only natural. And I think it's natural for us to romanticize the other side. Yes. It's going to be so great, right? Like, you know, I'm switching into this job and it's great. Like a job is still a job. Yeah. You are, I don't care what you do. You do not love a hundred percent of any of that. And if you do, I'd like to hear from you, but it's just not right. Okay. But, yeah. but that, okay. Th but this brings us to another wonderful, yeah, amazing yeah, good, listener good. question, which is what if you make a change and it's the grass is always greener and you wish you didn't fear of making a mistake if I make a change. Mm. So then I feel stuck in it. I'm scared. I would say if you find yourself making lots of changes and grass is always greener, you got to dig a little deeper there. And slow it down. Slow it down. What are you, Emily? <laughs> who are you, you copying off of, Emily? <laughs> Sounds like some dumb shit I would do. But, I mean, I, I can think of that, right? Like, I remember, especially with the infertility, I was like, all these people with kids are so happy and their life is so good. And I glamorize it and I romanticize it. And then I think it was like a hard come down. And now, I mean, years, but I mean, it takes like, you know, a lot of years to get like situated in that transition. 
Now, like I said, every day I think is the best. Every day I think she's cooler and cooler and more awesome. And I she's love her. So Even, cool. She's so cool, my kid. But this idea of like, if I keep looking at what other people have, you know, is it always? I mean, I, I and I have felt this way about you too, right? With not having kids, I'm like, Jen's life is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Jen is shaking her head. <laughs> Is your life perfect? No, it's not perfect. It's absolutely not perfect. No, of course not. There, and and I look, I also look at people with kids and I'm like, oh, that, like, look yeah. how nice that is. You know, to have like a little person, you're like teaching them all these like values and like yeah. helping them grow. Like I look at that and I'm like, you know, there are parts of that that I think would be really nice. And mm-hmm. so I think that it is so easy to glamorize other people's lives because yeah. you're not in it you know what i really glamorize people what? who live in vans you know like me van... oh my god me too if i could have like oh like if you got to choose like a magical being came down yeah and you got to choose like you could live this alternate life for like yes. yep. a week I, I would. A, I guess a week probably isn't a good one because everything would still be cool after a week. So like but your like, whole, your whole like no, you would have to change your whole life. Yes, to really understand it. I would live in a van. I just think I don't know what sort of filter they're putting on those, but those Instagrams are so cool. So I want it's van life. The freedom of van life, right? And you're in this like cool van. I would also take a tiny home if I'm being honest. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Like cat like you're driving a tiny home around. You go anywhere you want. Mm-hmm. But that's there's gotta be some sort of this is how I check myself a little bit. There's gotta be some sort of like plumbing situation going on there. Well, I mean, yeah, you gotta shit somewhere. I'm sure there's a plumbing situation. But I also <laughs> think it's once again, it's the romanization of a life that you don't have. Right. Exactly. Right. It looks so amazing and so free. And also they have really good filters on it. And it's on Instagram, meaning that's you know social media really i think glamorizes a lot of things for us i mean jen think about how many couples we see and like and then you'd be like oh outside this room you'd be like this is the world's most perfect couple and then you're like aha they're human too right right. (laughs) (laughs) it really helps being a couples therapist because anytime someone i'm like oh how's everything going you know, someone just had a baby or something's happening and look how's everything going they're like oh it's perfect i'm like okay (laughs) do you accept that as the answer or do you push them it depends how much i want to do some digging i I mean i have to respect people's boundaries and i assume if they're saying it's perfect then they're setting a boundary Mm. right that they're pretty much saying don't fucking don't fucking dig into that (laughs) yeah yeah i also think sometimes we just say what we think we're supposed to say yeah because like Right, like what you're not supposed to say after you have a kid is like zero out of ten. Don't recommend. And like I know I said that. <laughs> you definitely did. Like I don't know those first but six months. I was like you, I made a mistake. Right? Would you say that now? That I feel that way now. Yeah. No, I think every day with Millie is the coolest day of my life. So that's okay. But at the beginning, is- I did feel that way. I was like, oh my gosh. Right. Right. So that's a huge thing, right? That I think because a lot of people are saying I have this fear of making a mistake. There might be a period of time in which you feel like this is a mistake, right? That does not mean that will stick with you forever because these things also change and adjust, right? Like your child is constantly growing. And when they're growing, you're constantly adjusting in your relationship with them, I would assume. I don't want to speak for your relationship. But 
there's so much change is always happening. Yeah. And it's not instantaneous, right? Like, can you hold on to come out the other side? Yeah. If the transition is so difficult, how do you say to yourself, I guess we are going through, and I think about this a lot of times also in relationships in our lives, can we hold on through how hard this is right now and get out the other side? Mm. That's good. It's tough, though. Because somebody then somebody wrote in, how to not constantly plan for the worst case scenario? (laughs) Well, one, I'd say you're very good at self-protecting. Very good. If you are someone who's always planning for the worst case scenario, doing catastrophizing, you're probably pretty solid at Mm self-protection. And I'm wondering why you need that self-protection. What is the function behind always having that plan? What does that do for you? And does it work? And if it doesn't work, then what do we need to adjust? Yeah. And you know what? I would, and I think that this is, there's a lot of fear around this, but I would take yourself into the worst case scenario, right? Because us planning for worst case scenario is basically saying, oh, this is going to happen. And I have to make sure that this doesn't happen, right? That a lot of people, when they say Mm -hmm. plan for worst case scenario, it's, I'm going to, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure worst case scenario does not happen, right? So the thing I want you to do is I want you to take yourself into worst case scenario, right? What is worst case scenario? How would you handle it? at the time, if you were to get there, right? Because sometimes when we plan for worst case scenario, we're planning for something that never happens, right? We're putting time, energy, and effort into something that never ends up happening. And what we're saying is that if worst case scenario were to happen, I wouldn't be able to handle that in the moment. Mm. What you're telling us through this question is that you are a high functioner, right? You're planning for every possible scenario. My guess is, that if worst case scenario were to happen, you would have the tools to be able to take care of yourself and move through that in the ways you need to move through it if it were to happen. Mm. Okay, so then here's another good one. A husband is scared of kids, would change his life, it will, our relationship and fears will be a bad dad. He has anxiety and his fear of moving forward through life milestones makes me feel stuck. Here's the hard part. When someone else in our life is doing this, it is not our job to convince them. It is our job to support them and say, it sounds like we really need to find some place for you to figure this out and talk it through. Do you want some help finding a therapist? What would it be like to explore these things? What parts do you want to talk through with me? Not just us saying, you're being ridiculous. Right. You're so anxious, it'll be fine. Because some of those fears are valid. Yes. And so what happens if some of those fears come true? It will change his life in some ways and it will change your relationship. Yeah. Does that mean it's being a bad dad? No, it takes a lot to be a shitty parent, actually, because kids actually just really love you, kind of no matter what you do. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, what would that look like? What would be, what one, what would define a bad dad? How would you sort through those? And let's say you, uh, you need some work in your, in your parenting area. Man, it's pretty easy to access free information of how to improve parenting. Let me tell you. Books. Google. 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 Google it. Yeah. I would also want to know what your husband's fear is bringing up for you, right? How is this affecting your emotions within the relationship? You know, because I, I think sometimes it's easy to personalize that or to say, oh, my husband has, he needs to get to the point where 
he has no fear or he feels like he's going to be a good dad in order for us to move forward. I think that there's a lot of emotional intelligence and reflection that's clearly happening on your husband's part for him to even just say this, Mm. for him to be expressive about this. I think so often people hold this in or they like deny themselves the experience of, of saying like, I'm fearful of this. Like, this is scary to me. I don't know how I would feel um, being a father. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And just the fact that he's asking himself those questions, I think is really important because with those questions, it can lead you to doing some more reflection and understanding of like, where are these coming from for me? And I think that's a, it's a never ending process. I would think within, within anything that you do or any changes that you make is being able to be self-reflective and saying like, how am I doing in this? Where are my fears? What's coming up for me? And so the fact that he's already being self-reflective, I think is, you know, a pretty wonderful thing for, for a father to be, you know, for someone who's, who's contemplating becoming a father to even be thinking about that in advance. Mm-hmm. Mm. Are you, you ready to the next one? Yeah, no, no. I am. I, I mean, I, that's what I mean. Like, that, I mean, it takes so much to be a bad parent. If you're worried about being a good parent, it means you're going to probably be a pretty good parent. Because the fact that you're worrying about it in yes. general tells us how much right? you care. Like you're, you are already thinking about your child that hasn't been born yet or mm. conceived yet. thrilled that the weather is finally warming up here in Philly. I went to switch out my closet the other day from my fall winter wear to my spring summer wear and noticed that I very much needed a refresh. So thank goodness for Quince that allows me to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I refresh my closet with the high-waisted linen shorts that come in multiple colors and patterns, the comfiest cotton tees, and my latest favorite, the smocked mini dress. And don't miss out on their accessories. Quince has the coolest sunglasses and 14 karat gold jewelry to complete any look. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, making me feel even better about my purchases. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash shrinkchicks for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash shrinkchicks to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash shrinkchicks. Did you know that billions of plastic hand soap and cleaning bottles end up in landfills every year? I used to contribute to that waste, constantly buying single-use plastic cleaning products without giving it much thought. But then I discovered Blue Land, and it has been a game changer. Blue Land has helped me eliminate the need for single-use plastic and the products I reach for the most. They are reinventing cleaning essentials. Their approach is simple yet revolutionary. Refillable cleaning products with a sleek design that not only looks great on your counter, but also reduces plastic waste significantly. What I love most is the convenience. With Blueland, I never worry about running out of cleaning supplies or lugging bulky bottles from the store. From hand soap to toilet bowl cleaner to laundry tablets that each smell incredible, all Blueland products are made with clean ingredients you can feel good about. I was blown away when I received my first Blueland order. I immediately filled the bottles with water and their tablets, which was so easy to try everything out. And the ingredients are clean, the scents are refreshing, and the packaging is just so cute. Blueland is trusted in over 1 million homes, including mine. If you 
you're ready to make a positive change for the planet without sacrificing cleanliness or convenience, Blueland has you covered. Blueland has a special offer for our listeners. Right now, get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash shrinkchicks. You won't want to miss this. Blueland.com slash shrinkchicks for 15% off. That's blueland.com slash shrinkchicks to get 15% off. I want to move far away with my husband and kids, but I'm so scared to leave my family, home, and friends. Mm. Mm. She wants to live that van life. (laughs) When I first read it, when I first read the question, it was like, I want to move far away from my husband and kids. And I was like, oh, I don't think we should give that recommendation. Right, right. Um, But you want to take them with you, and that's great. In the van. Okay. Get so, in the van. Yes. So <laughs> what I think is that it would be scary as hell, right? So what would the stuff be, right? So how do you say to yourself, here are the things that's going to hurt. I'm going to miss out on stuff. Uh, am I going to feel distant from them? Am I going to feel rejected from them? I, right? Like, what are the things that I like? If you break it down, what are the things I'm so worried about? And do you still want to do this thing? Could you sit in the discomfort of all those other things to have this excitement and new chapter in your life? And also, if it doesn't, feel like a good fit what happens i don't know how old the kids are right if your kids are really young then you could move them back and forth if your kids are in high school it's probably pretty difficult to move and then move back again right so that i think does depend on like children's ages but let's say you went and then it was too much and you moved back again like would that be the worst thing in the world like i think also all of us are like worried especially if we have really opinionated family and friends that are like, oh my God, you're going to move and you're going to like, it's not going to work out well. This is a huge mistake. Then it like almost feels like I can't ever, I can't let this fail because I have to prove everyone wrong, <laughs> right? So like, what would it be like to like sort of humble yourself and yeah. be like, all right, like, I, I, yeah, maybe. And say to those people, you're right. Could be a total shit show, man. I'm doing it. Totally. For sure. Could be a mess. And still I'm going. Yes, and and if it's a shit show, I'll, I'll, and I really want to move it. There are ways to make adjustments, right? Once again, I know with with kids being certain ages, it makes it hard. I think another question to ask yourself is: Okay, you're going to make this change. Your relationships or the way that you relate in your relationships might have to change too, right? Does that mean how much are you going to be calling people? Face on how much will you be visiting home? Right, that there are so many adjustments that are going to also probably take place within that move that you can also account for, right? It just means your relationships might change in ways, but you're able to maintain those relationships in maybe ways that you weren't maintaining them before. And so maybe Mm -hmm. that means you're having deeper conversations on the phone. Maybe you're talking longer. Maybe you're talking to them more you know, then then you were talking to them when you were were closer. And so it'll just be different ways of relating to family and friends if you're moving away. So it's just another adjustment. Mm -hmm. Changing jobs. I love my job. I just know location is not ideal for my family, but scared of change. That's a really hard one when you love your job. It's easy to be like, I fucking hate my job. So I'm out of here. But like when you love something and it's still not the best fit because of all these other factors, there's also like a grieving process there. Yeah, I think that that's kind of the question is, and I think making the choice to grieve something is really hard to, like when grief is out of your control, of course, that's like really, really challenging, painful. You're kind of pushed into it, into the grief, as opposed to like, I need to make a decision to grieve this. Mm -hmm. It's like making a decision to end a, a relationship or making a decision 
I need to push myself into grief, right? That there's, you know, I think too, there can be so much celebration around finding a different job and a job that like works for your family and like where they're located. And so, you know, we talked, we talked about this before this, this level of like disenfranchised grief that sometimes there isn't support around I'm leaving this job that doesn't work for my family, but I really love. And so mm-hmm. can I still give myself the space to feel this grief and know that it's okay, even with this change that might be helpful for my family and my family's lives? Yeah. So I think just allowing yourself to acknowledge and feel that too, you know, but it's it's not easy. It is not easy. And I commend you for making that change. Um, okay, where did you pick one more question? Then we have to do Dear Evan Jen. Okay. You want to pick one? Deal is choice. Deal is choice again. <laughs> you turn to see where you're from. Where are you Deal from? Deal is this choice. Time? I don't know. <laughs> New Jersey. Deal is choice. Can you speak to change involved with setting boundaries and why <sighs> it's so scary to set them because of fear of change? I think we're also talking about fear of losing the role that we have. If I set a boundary with person, what does that mean for our relationship, right? Like, I think oftentimes our fear of change is also what could come up in some ways, like that adaptive child part of what's been triggered. If I set a boundary with you, am I then kicked out of your life? Am I then hurting you? And is there then suffering, right? Like, there's so many different risks of changing any type of situation. Mm -hmm. And I think... You know, we talked a lot about control and change, right? That in your relationships, you at least, you know what your role is, right? Like, you know, you understand what your dynamic is in the relationship, but it might not be working for you. So if you set that boundary, you don't, you have control over your boundary, but you don't have control of how the other person's going to react or respond to your boundary. I think that can be really scary at times, right? Like that can be hard to process. And because right now, if you don't have that boundary, you you might know how they're going to respond. They're going to react. You know what your dynamic is. So it's almost like the, what's the saying? I'm really, I think I'm terrible at saying. So the devil, you know. <laughs> the devil, you know, the devil, you don't. The, right. The devil, you know. Right. But clearly you wouldn't be writing this in if you didn't feel the need to set a boundary in your relationship. Mm. And so I think that the question is, can you tolerate the discomfort of change in that boundary in order to better take care of yourself, yeah. right? And knowing that the discomfort is temporary, I think that's a big thing is that to know that the discomfort in change is just temporary. We don't know how long it's going to last, but eventually you adjust to it. Mm-hmm. You are an adaptive creature and you get to the point where you have adjusted to that change. It just takes some time. Yeah. Are you ready for Dear Evan I am ready. Dear Evan I'm on the fence about going and getting my PhD or having babies. I'm considering going to get a PhD in psychology and want to be a therapist for children. Any recommendations on how to sort through those feelings? I was just <laughs> why can't you do both so I think this is this is when it becomes a nuanced conversation of for some people doing both is an option let's say if you have family close or you have means for child care you have a really supportive partner with a flexible schedule you're right not the automatic default parent 
there was a lot of context and nuance to this conversation about how you handle this. Yes. I do think that it's a tricky situation, right? So if they're saying any recommendations how to sort through those feelings, the feelings I would sort through would be like, okay, if you were to envision your life with one and not the other, what would that look like? If I had to choose one and not just like, because I, I, I'm wondering if what they're saying is like putting, um, having children um, on the back burner for right now. Right. So what does that look like? Do I care about that? Is that is that difficult for me? Does this feel, you know, is it a PhD program where I'm going, you know, three years straight through or this is in a longer, slower process? Right. Like, so I think one, like a lot more context of like, what would this truly be like for me? And how would I go deep about there maybe isn't a right decision? That's the hard part with something like this is like we all want it to be like, oh, well, secretly there's some vault somewhere. And in that little vault, it says exactly that Kelly May is supposed to only have the babies. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And like there's no that's not it. There is no rights. There is no specific thing. It's that how do I make a choice? And choice isn't always very clear. Yeah. I also think no matter what you decide, right, if it has to be one or the other, that it will not come without wondering about the other. Mm. Like that's, I think we, you know, it's natural for us to think about road less traveled, right? Like what if I- Lived in a van. Lived in a van. (laughs) (laughs) Had the babies or got the PhD. Right, right. I think that that is very human to just think about what if I, you know, what would have happened if I- did something differently? How would my life, what would my life look like now? Yeah. And so I think sometimes we want to make a decision knowing it's the right decision and knowing it's the right decision means that we're not going to think about the other decision. But I just want to normalize the fact that no matter what decision we make, it's natural to think about the road less traveled, you know, especially if it's like in huge conflict for us. Right. So I would also talk to child psychologists and see if you actually need that PhD. Yes. <laughs> just from a logistics standpoint. You could probably just get a certification. <laughs> and you could just be a therapist. Yeah. Or is your ego telling you you have to be a doctor? Right. Right? I don't know. I don't know what that is. We need more information here. Right. But Explore that, all the options. But it doesn't matter because either way, we ran out of time. We ran so, out of time. Wait, before we end. Oh, we have no time. <laughs> no, I don't know. What is it? I was just going to say your birthday's coming up. Oh, thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. Happy birthday, first of all. By the time this episode airs, your birthday would have it happened will already. Be. But you did this to me, so I'm doing it to you. What was your highs and lows of this year? Oh, the highs is oh, everything <laughs> with my relationship with Millie is so good. And I'm also going to put my marriage in highs and lows that we have had a really tough year in our marriage and we have worked our fucking asses off in our marriage yes, to get to such a good place. I mean... We have spent <laughs> so much money <laughs> in couples therapy and so much time and energy and tears and blood and everything else. And so I will say for me, my highs and my lows are the same, which is that shit was hard and shit was wonderful. That was beautiful. That's what I got. And for everyone else listening, we hope you enjoyed today's episode of Shrink Chicks. <laughs> Please send it to a friend who might enjoy it as well. You can always rate, review, subscribe, follow an Apple podcast. You could follow us on um, Instagram at Shrink Chicks or the therapy group. We ask that you, if you're needing any help finding 
um, a therapist, we invite you to check out some of our amazing clinicians at thetherapygroup.com. If you are located in um, Massachusetts, New York, New Jersey, Delaware, Pennsylvania, Florida, California, in person in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, or Westchester, Pennsylvania, reach on out. We will help you get situated with a great clinician and try to help you find someone somewhere. Thank you for listening. And uh, Jen, if I want to know myself, or if I want to grow myself, what do I do? You got to know yourself. Know yourself, grow yourself. We'll see you all next week. See you next week. Welcome to Raw Beauty Talks. I'm your host, Erin Trelor. Ready to peer behind the highlight reel and all those polished pictures of the world's biggest influencers and wellness experts, we're going to uncover what beauty, health, and wellness truly means in today's world. Warning though, there will be no surface level conversations here. As someone who really struggled with disordered eating and negative body image after trying to check all those be healthy boxes. I became a health coach because I'm passionate about redefining health and wellness so that it's less about the weight on the scale and more about how we feel. I truly believe how you feel on the inside reflects out into every aspect of your life. So if you're ready to go below skin deep to tap into a whole other level of wellness, you're in the right place. Let's pull back the curtain for some raw beauty talks.